When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Our friend Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies has joined us today. Uh, luckily, it's an actual holiday. Yes. And uh, you were free to come whenever I asked you to. So thank <laughs> yes. you for that. Hello. My calendar was open for you guys This today. is the Paulina Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer has been covering for Jason, and we'll continue to do so until Jason uh, comes back. Holly and I are here with you until 3 o'clock. Yes. And last night was the SAG Awards and Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies. This is like your season. I love it. It's a lot, but I love it. It's been it. like a yeah. one, two, three because we had the Golden Globes. Then the Critics' Choice Awards. And yep. then now the SAGs last yeah. night. And even Saturday night, we had the Producers Guild Awards, oh which gosh. is a lot oh, smaller. I didn't even I mean, pay attention to that. Right. I mean, that's kind of for film Twitter, us geeks on Twitter to like yeah. kind of look at and predict and whatnot. Okay, so you kind of, you've got some tea leaves that you can, that you can work with now. Yes. There's a lot that's kind of put in place right now, which if you are into Oscars betting, I think we kind of know a lot of the winners going into the season, which maybe for some is great. For others that like an unpredictable night, this is not going to be your year. Okay, so tell us a little bit about kind of what the big front runners are. The big things that you're really able to kind of get your arms around now in terms of, yeah, this one we think is probably going to perform yeah. well. Yeah, so I want to remind people that the members of SAG-AFTRA that voted for the SAG Awards, many are crossover Academy members because it's actors and journalists and whatever that are voting for the SAG Awards that are also potentially Oscar voters. So the, the actors that won the other night, last night, uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Best Actress, it was Renee Zellweger. Best Supporting Actor was Brad Pitt. Best Supporting Actor was Laura Dern. I have a feeling they will go on to win the Oscars. Mm-hmm. They won the Golden Globes. They won the Critics' Choice yeah. and now the same. And it's just one of those lock and step seasons where it's like, oh, they're winning everything. Now, did you notice, Paul, in the way that all four of those individuals gave their speeches last night that they are they know they're, that yes. they are going to be winning the Oscars so yeah. they're doing this ramp up in the way mm-hmm. that they are delivering their acceptance like speeches. Joaquin was slightly okay nope I'm going to start that over Joaquin was way more <laughs> polished last night than he was at the Golden Globes yes he maybe his people um, told him here's how you need to present yourself yeah because he's not used to that. No. He doesn't uh-huh. do a lot of public appearances and speeches, and that's not his jam. No, and so, it's obvious. It, it it's is obvious. obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> it really is. But yes. I think one of the big takeaways from last night, too, was that Parasite, the movie that I reviewed on Friday, won for best cast in a motion, motion picture, and this is the first time that a foreign film has gone on to win that category. That's huge. And we, it is huge, and it's, you know, especially in this year, these continuing years where we talk about diversity at the Oscars, diversity in the movies that we see and nominate and you know talk about 
It was great for them. They got a standing ovation when they presented the movie. Yeah. They then got another one when they got up there and won. Yeah. Do I think that it will win Best Picture? No. I think it's a. I think it has chances for sure. But I don't always see that the SAG Best Ensemble will go on to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. A lot of pundits think sure. that, but yeah. I don't see that. Do you in think the that this leaves. could be a case, Paul McGuire Grimes, with the Best Picture winner for the Oscar? Now, I believe that the director of Parasite is nominated for an Academy Award, correct? Yes, Bong Joon-ho. So, yes, so this could be one of those instances where, hey, maybe we're going to give him the Best yeah. Director Academy like Award. Like there's a nod likely. over here. Yeah. Yep. And then to and speak to the Producers Guild Awards this 1917 weekend. won the Producers Guild. And that, uh, 10 out of the last 12 Producers Guild winners went on to go and win Best Picture. Interesting. Now, the Directors Guild, just to know another th- wrench in there, is this coming Sunday, which Sam Mendes, who won Best Director at the Golden Globes, um, he then could win that or Bong Joon-ho again. So depending on who wins DGA2, could veer maybe a Best Picture, Best Director change-up. Maybe it'll be a year where we see the same movie win Picture Director. We've That's happened lately a little bit here and there. It did not happen last year. I think it happened for Shape of Water. Um, but I, I kind of love the season when it's kind of up in there for those two categories. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and they're two very different movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another thing. I, I'm hesitating to say what I'm about to say just because I don't want to get us like way off track. But I do want you to know because I, I want people to know mm-hmm. that we noticed a feature on Apple TV this weekend. And if you have Apple TV, this will come in very handy as we look toward Oscars where they've collected all of the Oscar like things that have a lot of nominations. And, oh. and it'll show you. How and when you can like pre-order it, when you can rent it, nice. all of that. And it's all in one place. And so my husband and I had this moment where we were like, okay, now we know. And this is what's great about this is now that we're like SAGs are behind us and we've had all these other awards, mm-hmm. you can be very thoughtful about how you round out your Oscar watching yeah, and I'm, getting ready. And which movies are maybe speaking to you? Which ones could win multiple awards? Like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I would venture to say, well, wait, of course, Brad Pitt, I would assume he'll win. I mean, and that's Best huge, original too. Screenplay. That, you know, after 30 odd years in this business and all the roles he's played that have been so memorable Mm -hmm. that this, you know, to be honored in this way. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, his fellow peers saying, you put in great work your whole career. We love you. We'll give you this Oscar. And it's a good movie that people really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And he gives good speeches. He gave a great speech last night. His speech last night was fantastic. Down to earth. He, you know, he talked about getting just back to work again. And he was self-deprecating. Self-deprecating. He made fun of Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish. (laughs) It was hilarious. And then, of course, the camera angles in on Jennifer Aniston, which, of course, they had to do. Right. So, I mean, it was a night of good speeches. Robert De Niro loved his speech. He won the Lifetime Achievement Award. And, of course, I was like, I got to watch that movie again. I want to watch that movie again. Just to see the breadth of his work is just incredible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So what if you had to say, you know, between now, we'll probably ask you this a thousand times. (laughs) Yep. But between now and the Oscars, here's what you need to see in order to be ready and informed. Yes. What are the, like, give us three or four movies. 1917. Yes. I think this will go on to win Best Picture. A, it's one that you have to go see in theaters. I cannot stress that enough. Learn about World War One. Learn about our about history and why history matters. And because it's such a visceral, like, immersive movie, you then get to feel like you are in that story mm-hmm. for two hours. It's so stressful, but go see that. Um, see Parasite. Mm-hmm. Go outside your comfort zone. If you're thinking, I don't do foreign films, I don't want to read subtitles, for, just get do over it. Just, get, yeah, over get over it, it and do it. Get yeah. over it yep. and do it. <laughs> and see what messages you can learn and think about in terms of wealth class. How does a poor family react to a, a wealthy family and mm-hmm. vice versa? And how do we do that in our real lives? It doesn't matter if they're Korean or not. It's 
There's a lot you can take away from Parasite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just because it's in a lot of categories. Uh, see, that's the one I've you seen. You never know when it could be an upset. Yeah. It may or may not be your style. I know people that like it. I know people mm-hmm. that hate it, you know. I mm-hmm. would say, and I don't know how you feel, there are a couple of very Quentin Tarantino-esque moments right. in it. But overall, there were I found myself forgetting that I was watching a Quentin Tarantino film. Right. Until these moments would come it, yes. up and I'd be like, oh, wait a second. Now I remember where I am. Quentin, but if maybe you're not like, if violence profanity isn't your thing like a lot of his other movies, then maybe this is more up your alley because the ending right. is very violent. Right. But the rest of it is not. But also the, the violent ending is actually also kind of hilarious violent. Right. It's hyper violent. It's hyper yes. violent, which yes. is what Quentin does. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's the revisionist history. And if you like that era of Hollywood, you know, it's this blending of fictional characters with real people like Sharon Tate. Yeah, and I feel like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we're giving Brad Pitt all of the attention for his performance, but pay attention to Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because there is a scene where he is in a movie trailer. I mean, that's all I'll say. And the places he goes in that scene, I think that's definitely an award-worthy performance for him. And it's one of the funnier performances of his career. You don't associate comedy with Leo, but like you're laughing quite a bit with where Rick Dalton is at in his career and how he deals with that. Right. Yeah. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Are there any other things that you want to make sure that we highlight for everybody after following up on uh, the SAG Awards last night and really just sort of taking a look back at all the awards we've encountered over the past, you know, I guess my takeaway is see movies that are outside your comfort zone. See movies that aren't your story. See actors who you may not know. That is how we can change this diversity in Hollywood problem. Because Mm. if we don't see those movies and we don't talk about them, then we're not going to nominate them. And then they're not going to do good at the box office. And then studios are like, why are we, why do we, why are we going to make that movie? Because there's a really good point. That's Mm -hmm. a really, really good point because that is a conversation we've been having year after year after Mm -hmm. year is this diversity in Hollywood. And it's one thing to talk about it now, but Mm -hmm. let's talk about it again in April, May, mm-hmm. when the, when those movies are out there. And we yeah. need to push them extra hard because yeah, they're not a Marvel them. movie or a Disney movie that can already have a built-in audience. Well mm-hmm. said. Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Thanks Movies. For having Thank me. you for being Thanks, here. Paul. You can check out Paul on all of his social networks. Uh, you know, you can do the Instagram thing, you can do the Twitter thing, but you can also see him on YouTube and check out his website, Paul's Trip to the Movies. We will be back after this on the Colleen and Bradley show with uh, some royal reports. We got to get back to the royals, not the Earl and Countess of Dumberton, but the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. After this on My Talk 1071. Well, the royal news has captivated uh, all the nations and um, all of them. All, seriously, like Such a couple a- of them. Whoops, sorry about that. Oh, hey. That's just my phone. I'm really, yeah. I'm very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Such as. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That was awkward. Uh, okay, but uh, the royal news has been captivating us. This is a Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers covering the morning show. Holly and I are here with you until 3 o'clock. And you knew we were going to talk about some royal stuff today. Oh, hello. Well, because a lot happened this weekend. Yes. And we'll get to all of the things that happened. Among them, the fact that uh, we finally heard from Harry himself, uh, his thoughts and his words on what has transpired with uh, Harry and Meghan choosing to leave their senior royal duties. But you know what's really interesting is we've seen a lot of this stuff coming. Yeah, because 
We go deep in the shallow here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. We like to read celebrity gossip mysteries in the form of blind items. Now, I want to bring you a headline that I came across on Variety.com yesterday. Mm -hmm. And the headline is, which L.A. neighborhood should marry and Hagen? Mary and Hagen? Oh, God. I can't handle their names. I know. It's a lot. It's a mouthful. It really is. Just call them the Dumbertons. <laughs> the Dumbertons, yeah. Where in the world are the Dumbertons going to be living? That was the name that they decided not to go with. They decided mm-hmm. to stay with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Variety, a big Hollywood trade, is reporting that sources say that Meghan Markle misses her hometown of L.A. and that Hollywood is in her DNA. Now, a lot of people were thinking, well... Megan's in Canada, and they're going to be living in Canada mm-hmm. because that's part of the British Commonwealth. And also, that's the story that's been told. And that's the story mm-hmm. that's been told. Now, going back to that announcement that Harry and Megan made on Instagram, they were very specific in saying that they were going to be splitting their time between the UK and North America. Now, Colleen, mm-hmm. you know geography a little bit. Yeah, I dabble. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm, I live in the world. Such as. And such as. Yeah. Most U.S. Americans have maps. Yeah. Okay. So you have a map? <laughs> All right. I do. Tell me the countries that belong on the continent of North America. Well, definitely Canada and definitely the United States of America. Totally. Yay. Mm-hmm. So that means, look, y'all, we called this before it even happened. Yeah. That Harry and Meghan might be moving to Los Angeles. And you yeah. know why we really, really, really know that? Is because our friend NT Lawyer over at CrazyDaysAndNights.net was calling this story out last year with some old blind item nuggets. Shall we read them? Blinded by the item. Yeah, let's the, read them. Yeah, okay, so listen to this crazy blind item over on CrazyDaysAndNights.net. Now, this was published April 21st of 2019. So that okay. was... Almost a year ago. Yes. Don't believe the hype. The talk is Africa. But why is there a palace employee accompanying a real estate agent around town in Los Angeles looking for a home in the $10 million range? Ah. In April. Okay, so because... Now, the way you started that, the talk is Africa, is because in April of last year, the buzz was... Are Harry and Meghan going to take a break from the royal kind of minutia to live for a time in Africa? Yes. And I believe specifically they were looking at Botswana, right? Because that's where they... I watched a Lifetime movie about the two of them, and so I know a lot about how their relationship oh, started. Well, tell me. Tell and me, it did me. start... They, they did have a time in Botswana, so... Oh, okay. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's my memory of it. Anyway, um, but I do know that, the, that, that at the time, in April, there was talk of that. See, the thing about it is everybody acts like this was such a sudden decision, we just didn't know that this decision was on the table. We didn't know that there was a decision to be made. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Right. And so the surprise of it is simply, for those who've been paying attention, is simply, oh, this is how they were going to do it. Yeah, because... We didn't know that this was a thing. Right, because you look at this Variety article, and they're speculating on what neighborhood Harry and Megan are going to be living in. And that's like, oh, well, I thought they were going to be living in Canada. Right. <laughs> no, this ball's no. been rolling for a long earth time. Yeah. And here's another ball, by the way. It's dropping right now in the form of a blind item. Oh, let's another do it. one. Blinded by the item. This one was published May 5th of 2019. Okay. So just a month later. As I told you a few weeks ago, the media covering the palace have now confirmed. That the illiterate one and her royal companion are indeed looking for a house in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, okay, mm-hmm. and we will illustrate this later in the program. But there has been chatter all along about Meghan when she decided to marry Harry, and she became a royal. She had to leave that Hollywood life behind. Yeah, the acting that she'd done, all of those things, she had to say goodbye to. To be a royal. And as part of being a senior royal, you know, there were a lot of things you could see them laying the groundwork for, but but hindsight is twenty twenty, So right. you only see it really now when we're in this place where now we're looking back and seeing moments where there was talk of her doing projects and would the palace approve those projects yes and some things that have come around now as a result of the fact that they've announced that they're leaving their uh, senior royal duties that you think no that ball had to have they they had to have been putting all of the things in place for that for quite some time yeah here's something that wouldn't surprise me at all if if harry and megan have already purchased a house in los angeles but they've done it through any number of shell companies Uh uh-huh so we're not looking for that purchase. Yeah. But it's already been made. It's already been made. It's already out there. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got uh, some celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-bags, and we want to tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. Let me tell you what it happens so often. We had to create an entire segment on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainers covering the morning show. Holly and I are here until three with you today. And then Lori and Julia will be here to do their SAG wrap up. But in the meantime, in between time, we're telling about those celebrities behaving badly, and we do have a name for them, and that name is... Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Ta-da! Disney 
my D bag? Disney. Disney is my D bag. Why? Because of Baby Yoda. Uh, it's a long story. I'm going to tell it to you. Well, it's not you. really that long of a story, but here's the deal. You know that the Mandalorian, I don't even know what people are really actually thinking about the show, but I do know that they kept Baby Yoda under wraps. And Baby Yoda, of course, captured everybody's hearts, souls, minds, and everything else. Mm-hmm. So people are loving up on the Baby Yoda. But Disney, because they're smart, and I honestly do think this was a smart thing, they did not produce any Baby Yoda figurines or any merchandise baby yoda wise until the show dropped because they didn't want to spoil it well and that was a semi-wise thing on their part because baby yoda was a super surprise spoiler alert uh-huh. in the first episode of the show and you're like oh my God, it's so cute it's so cute a little baby yoda. yoda but as a result they were not prepared for the public to want the baby yoda all the things a, a global cute aggression it really was mm-hmm. still is yeah i mean check your memes people if you haven't like <laughs> look at the internet baby yeah on. like log on to the <laughs> world wide web baby yoda is taking over well here's the thing and this is why disney is my d-bag because in the absence of disney's ability to mass produce their baby yoda stuff the people of the world the resourceful people decided to get going on their own Baby Yoda stuff. Yeah, we're making our bootleg merch, our koozies, our plush dolls, our buttons, our pins, our posters, etc. And guess what? Disney's all cease and desist like yesterday. So they're making the rounds to Etsy and your other favorite online boutiques. And they've been issuing takedown notices that are uh, for places that are selling Baby Yoda products. Um, They requested that... The shops that have sold that unauthorized Baby Yoda merch be deactivated. Rude. Yeah, several Etsy sellers. This is why this frustrates me, is because those Etsy sellers are makers. I mean, this is part of how they make their living. Right. And so their Etsy shops are literally their living. Yes, yes. Or are supplementing their living in some way. It's also supporting a creative art that they take part in. Yes, and Disney's all, yeah, no, we own Baby Yoda. I get it. Is there like a happy medium <laughs> that does not require them to stomp all over the little guy? Uh, actually, Colleen, I'm here to tell you. No. I know. <laughs> I'm here to tell you why. Because Disney is a giant multinational corporation. Because capitalism. Because capitalism. Yes, because capitalism. Because you don't think that Disney has become this powerful and this almighty by allowing somebody to sell a cute baby Yoda uh, beer koozie on Etsy. No, they are going to be stomping on you. Now, here's always the thing that I... With the the whole Star Wars franchise being owned by Disney, Mm -hmm. what I really enjoy is that if we were going to insert ourselves... In the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. Disney would be the baddies, right? Disney would be, and it's totally true. Disney would be the empire, the, oh, the evil overlord. Yes, they would be the evil overlord. I just sometimes, you know, thinking about that sometimes, putting yourself into the Star Wars universe. I know, right? And where we would place ourselves mm-hmm. within that, mm-hmm. this would be. Like a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, I can't even remember the baddie people. I'm sorry, mm. I'm having a blank. This would just be like Jabba the Hutt yeah. 
coming all in on your Etsy shop. The Siths just the, just pew, 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 yeah. Pew. Mm-hmm. That was the that was us doing Star Wars chat. Yeah. Pew 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 pew. pew, pew. <laughs> lots of pew pew. Lots of vroom, vroom. also in the Star Wars universe. I would just like to say I would like to be C three PO. Thank you. That's all. Really? Would you not of, want to be C three PO? Wait. Out of all the characters, Colleen, in the Star Wars universe, you want to be an annoying robot? Yeah. I just think I I identify with him a little bit, is all. You don't want to be Ray. You don't want to be Poe, Princess Leia. I think there's a lot of pressure. You don't even want to be... I don't want the pressure. I just want to be the dumb robot. Leave me alone. Yeah, but... You're better than that, Colleen. Thanks. You're saying I'm better than C-3PO. Yes, you are, Colleen. I'm saying you're better than C-3PO. I just don't want all the pressure. I just want to be like an ancillary, like, necessary character. But not like the one that it all rests on. Can't you just be somebody cool in the cantina? You don't even have to have a name. You can just be miscellaneous cantina the person patron. with three eyeballs. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm still, I don't know. I want a little glory. Like, I just don't want all the responsibility. Anyway, Disney, we see you. We see you. Mm-hmm. I just think it's rude. I wish it that is. there were some way that they could just do the cease and desist situation and not try to shut people down. Right. Um. Because those well, people saw a moment, and they knew, like, yeah. you know when you're selling unlicensed stuff. Yeah, It's okay, Colleen. Here's the silver lining on of all of this, is that the makers are still going to make. Yeah. And because I say that as a place of work where we have bootleg Mickey and Minnie mouse heads sitting on top of our cabinetry. And they are creepy. And they are creepy. Mm-hmm. People will find a way. They will not call it the child. They will not call it Baby Yoda. They That's will true. make. They will say cute infant alien thing. Yes. They will work around it. The people know how to rise up against their evil overlords. Yes, they do. I have seen the Star Wars movies. Yes. Okay. All right, who's your D-bag? It's a combo platter. It's Justin Timberlake. It's Jessica Biel. Uh-huh. It's the Daily Mail. Wow. Because That's a trifecta right there. It really is. Now, we all know that Justin Timberlake has had a little relationship drama in the past couple of months. What? What? Where he was holding hands with a co-star of an upcoming movie in New Orleans. He just said, you know, I mean, I was just, in, it was inappropriate, but whatever. So... This is one of those old school paparazzi tactics to show nothing to see here. Everything is fine. Mm -hmm. So over the weekend, the Daily Mail published exclusive photographs of Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel walking in New York City. And if this isn't the most staged paparazzi walk ever, paparazzi walk, fakety, fake, fake, fake thing I've ever seen Mm. in my life, then I don't even know. So you can see these photographs on the Daily Mail and they're strolling down the street. Justin Timberlake is holding a bag. She's holding some kind of coffee drink and she has her arm wrapped around his arm and they're looking at each other lovingly. With big smiles on their face. Oh, gosh, it is so posed. It's hilarious. It's so posed, which you'd be like, okay, they're just playing the celebrity game like everybody else. They want to show that they're a united front amidst the controversy of their relationship. But here's the thing. It's that this is so not what we are believing in whatsoever. This is just so not believable. It has come to the point where things like this 
that we see you walking down the street. Like, what are you trying to communicate to us? We know that your relationship, there might be some drama, and that's fine, whatever. I thought that was way overblown anyways, the whole, right. like, holding hands in the balcony, Justin Timberlake issuing a note on his Instagram page saying he was sorry. I mean, they made a bigger deal out of it than... Yeah, and then they... It tried- would have blown over. We would have gotten over it, right. like, in no time, if everybody just would have been quiet. And then it was, like, a month later where there was a story in Us Weekly saying they were trying to work it out. It's like, this is the fetch. Mm-hmm. Of celebrity relationships. They're trying to make fetch happen. They are the Gretchen Wieners mm-hmm. of celebrity relationships. Yeah. They are trying to make it happen mm-hmm. when nobody is asking them for them to make it happen in the first place. And by doing this paparazzi staged walk, it proves absolutely nothing. Only in as much as it's like because you felt the need to do this, that only proves the falsitivity to oh yes it's a big <laughs> word it don't even exist it doesn't even exist no it doesn't it just proves the whole point that justin timberlake and jessica beale are squarely in the publationship oh, category big time big time and, you know and here's the other thing you know it when you look at those I, there was a time in my life when i was younger and more naive when I would see pictures like that of a couple strolling down the street that were clearly taken by a paparazzi, and I would think, oh, you know, look at the, how lucky that they caught them smiling like that. Because it is a snapshot of a moment in time, right? But when you actually investigate these further, you see that they've walked a great length and that they are smiling the whole time. Yeah. And then you, what you must do then is put yourself in that very situation. Yes. And think about yourself with the partner of yours in life walking down a city street on a cold day holding coffee in one hand also where's their child i mean not that you can not like not that you don't do things without your kids but like middle of the day running errands strolling down a new york street i don't know anyway would i be smiling for an entire block for any reason Unless you were thinking of something that was inappropriate right. and dirty, and it was really funny, and, and I didn't share it with anybody. Yeah, but like more, more, more appropriate. Like I might tell my husband something, we'd both be laughing. But just walking down the street with a pleasant smile on my no. face, I don't think the world works like that. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. I don't know. You just have to think a little bit harder about it. it they're doing it for show. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, mm-hmm. d bags. <laughs> When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, because the Screen Actors Guild Awards were last night, we have some cleanups, some things we noticed that we'd like to share with you so that you also, too, will notice them. Um, we can't give you the eyewitness account like our friends Lori and Julia will mm-hmm. be able to do from 3 to 6 today. But we can give you our account. And we're going to do that after this on My Talk 1071. Beautiful. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom and Bradley Trainers covering the morning show. Holly and I are here with you till 3 o'clock today uh, when Lori and Julia will take over. And you definitely want to be listening to that show because they will be fresh off a flight back to the Twin Cities from L.A. where they attended the SAG Awards. They were in the press room and they will no doubt have many, many stories to tell and you will want to hear them at 3 o'clock. It's like their best show of the year. So stay tuned for that. However, in the meantime, in between time, you get the two of us boobs who weren't even actually there, maybe didn't even really watch the show live. Don't worry about it. We've got opinions anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's what we do. Yeah. 
Okay, so speaking of the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the SAG Awards last night, can we t- let's just get started with some takeaways. One of them being everybody's talking about the genius thing that Charlize Theron did to cover for the fact that she did not get her roots touched up. Yes. Okay, so she's blonde right now. Yep. Her dark roots are showing through at the very, very tippy top of her hair. And her hairdresser said, you know what? I have an idea. Why don't we just turn this into a fashion moment and throw a very expensive bracelet in your part? Fashion. Why don't we throw a Tiffany necklace or a bracelet in there? No, 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 no. I only say the no. Because the thing because is worth $15,000. $15, oh my gosh, give me a panic attack wearing $15,000 in my, your hair. In my hair, on my crusty roots. In your crack? <laughs> in my crack. Like you wouldn't, no. So here's the thing. Like if I'm wearing a bracelet on my arm yeah. and it falls off, I go, oops. I know it happened because I feel the absence of the bracelet. Correct. I don't know that you'd notice the your part bracelet being gone or maybe you would because I'd be so well, scared. because you would be walking around like you had a book on top of your head mm-hmm. you have fifteen thousand dollars worth of diamonds in your middle part on the top of your head Mm-mm. oh but you know the effect when you look at it looks pretty cool she looks like the the little girl from the never-ending story she does kind of right so okay, I, I had dig, not thought that. So I dig the vibes that she looks like the princess. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. It's been a hot second since I've seen that movie. For everybody. Isn't it the child or something? Anyways, Bastion goes to see her and she cries and is like, ah. That's what Charlie said. Well done. Like. <laughs> You're welcome. What is her name? Uh, well, so that was a big fashion moment last night at the SAG Awards. I have to say the red carpet on the SAG Awards in comparison to the Golden Globes was very subdued. Because the Golden Globes had a lot of ugly going on. I mean, there was just a questionable I feel like everybody learned from day. their mistakes at the last award show. I do want to say about Charlize Theron, and I don't, trust me, this is going to sound judgy, and I don't mean it to be judgy at all. What it is is recognizing that these celebrities have been planning for these award shows for quite some time. This whole idea that she just didn't have time to touch up her roots... I'm calling BS on that. That, to me, no, not touching up your roots is something that you and I do. Because we either have to go to the salon to do it, or we have to take the time to do it ourselves. Yeah, and I don't have to go to the SAG Awards. Yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? So I can put it off, because right. I don't have to go to the SAG Awards. I was going to do it this weekend. I'm just sitting in front of you, Colleen, and yeah. love you dearly, but... I don't care what you think. You're about fine me. with me. Yeah. Anything you do is a okay. Right. But the, I'm not the SAG Awards. No, you are not the SAG Awards. All I'm saying is, and it's not that it's like, it just is to me that like that whole narrative of, so we put this really expensive bracelet in my hair because we didn't have time to touch up the roots. And I'm thinking you could have touched those darn roots up while you were doing your makeup. Also, can we, so there's a weird story there. This might be a little bit of an opportunity for some spawn con. Right. A little sponsored content from Tiffany and Company because we know Tiffany and Company likes to do a lot of sponsored content with celebrities, yeah. including but not limited to Priyanka Chopra. The thirstiest of all thirsties. Yes. Okay. Here's my second takeaway. Mm-hmm. 
Joaquin Phoenix figured out how to do an acceptance speech. Uh, and not only did he figure out how to do an acceptance speech, I actually think he had one of the best speeches of the night. And it was so gracious. Let's just hear a little bit of it. Um, I was here many years ago. And um, I couldn't fully appreciate it at, at the time. Um, I now realize how fortunate I am to be a part of this community, have such reverence for actors and, and what we do. So I feel really honored to be here. Um, I'd like to just talk about a little bit about my fellow nominees, if that's okay. Uh, when I started acting again um, and going to auditions, I'd always get to like the final callback. And I think many people know what that's like. And there would always be like two other guys that I was up against. And we'd always lose to this one kid. And um, no actor would ever say his name because it was like too much. But every casting director would whisper in there, it's Leonardo, it's Leonardo. Ah! Who is this Leonardo? Uh, And then he goes through and he does something similar to each of the people that was also in the category, including but not limited to Adam Driver, who is kind of a newbie on the scene in terms, you know, when you think of how long Leonardo DiCaprio has been doing what he's doing. And he has, and Taron Edgerton, and he has a respectful way of honoring each one of them. And I just thought that was very unexpected from Joaquin Phoenix but also was beautiful and gracious had anybody done that. Yeah, it speaks to the fact that Joaquin Phoenix knows he is going to win the Oscar for Best Actor for his performance in Joker. So he's going to be using these acceptance speeches for other awards to get in all of the thank yous and the gratitude and the moments that he won't have time for when he accepts that Oscar. Because if he doesn't, Win the Oscar that would for be, back. That would that be, would be a, an upset. A huge yeah. upset. I would also like to add that at the very end of that speech, he does give a nod to Heath Ledger, who played, you know, I, I would argue one of the best Jokers. Nice. I have not seen the present Joker, but not Caesar Romero, Colleen. Sorry, rude. Hashtag not sorry. <laughs> well, and then Heath Ledger also won an Oscar for his performance, right, as Joker right. in The Dark Knight. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, the next thing I the, okay. Finally, this is the last one I want to do. Um, I want to I want to talk about Renee Zellweger because what is so funny is people have been noting her Texan accent. Hi y'all. And I don't think it's because. I think it's because she did a really good job of trying to keep that under wraps and she's finally just going to let it hang out. Let's hear a little bit of Renee Zellweger and her twang. Oh, wow. Um. Hello, my family. (laughs) What an honor. What an honor uh, from my actor family. Thank you so much for this. Um, And, uh, And thank you for inviting me here alongside my extraordinary sisters whose work touches me so deeply. I celebrate y'all whenever you come out with anything with the popcorn breakfast at the theater. And it's my it's my great honor to be here tonight alongside y'all. And um, I'm just so grateful and for the privilege of reflecting on the life of one of our own and most beloved. So that's Renee Zellweger Um, accepting her uh, Screen Actors Guild Award. And and the same thing happened at the Golden Globes where people said, I didn't realize she was Texan. 
She sure is. And she I sure think is, y'all. She lives part time in Texas. And what's so interesting about that is you wouldn't have noticed it back in her Jerry Maguire days. No. She wasn't letting her accent out. Well, she wasn't airing that out then. Think about where she was in her career, Renee yeah. Zellweger, back in the mid 90s, compared to where she is now. Now she's A list superstar. She gets to choose what projects she wants to do on her own terms. Whereas 25 years ago, she was still trying to get the roles. And yeah. no doubt, some advisor, some publicist, or some manager said to her, You really got it. Tone down that Texas accent. You mm-hmm. can't sound te- like you're Texan. No, can't sound like you're from y'all. Texas, y'all. But hey. she, but like she's living into it, and it's kind of adorable. And I just have to say the other thing, and this made me sad also at the Golden Globes, and she did it again at the SAGs, where she said, "I just want to say thanks to y'all for inviting me," or something along those lines. She clearly, and I get it, has felt like an outsider, mm-hmm. and is so grateful that they're acknowledging her as an insider now. Yeah, I love that she's like, I like having my popcorn breakfast and going to watch you guys perform, meaning she goes to the movies during the matinee. Yeah. And just as a fan. So sweet. It's very sweet. I do love me some Renee Zellweger. All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what is the frivolous thing that keeps you up at night? 651-641-1071. What is the frivolous thing that keeps you up at night? We'll talk about that after this. On my talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com/hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.